Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In John chapter 11, Jesus declared in verse 25, quote, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. End quote. Jesus Christ is not only the way to resurrection and eternal life, he is resurrection and eternal life. This is undoubtedly one of the most profound statements ever to be uttered and could be said by no one else but Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 11 and continue in our study of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It's a Monday morning here in Texas and uh, hopefully all just loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus. There is, uh, there's nothing greater in our lives. The greatest privilege we have in our lives, along with the greatest benefit we have in our lives, is spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus. How do you do that? You spend time in the scriptures. You spend time in your Bible, reading the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures, studying the scriptures, above all, obeying the scriptures, repenting when we fall short, repenting when we haven't obeyed the scriptures. Um, obviously, we, we grow in relationship with him when we spend time in prayer with him, when we spend times of intimate times of prayer, times of thanksgiving. We want to make sure that our prayer life is not just the time where we're just asking for stuff all the time. It's a good thing to ask our Heavenly Father for, for, for what we want and desire and need. Above all, we want His will in our lives and His kingdom in our lives, right? Um, as Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, 9 to 13, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? It's our job to, to humble ourselves and desire His will. And the more we get to know him, the more certain we are that his will is so infinitely better than anything we could ask or pray for or desire, right? Um, and it is a good thing to pray. You remember Jesus at the end of his life was going to become sin, right? And uh, he was going to become sin. He was going to take on the sin of the world, right? Um, you know, um, you know. Um, Second Corinthians tells us that that he who had no sin became sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Right. Second Corinthians five. Um, and in that time, he was going to experience a form of fracture in his relationship with the father. Right. You remember he's hanging on the cross and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and he's experienced some form of separation with the Trinity, this incredible union of the Holy Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit has experienced the separation. And so he knows this is coming. And so while he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating what is like drops of blood, it said, he prays, you know, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me meaning take this cup of suffering, redeem humanity in a different way. But then he says this, yet not my will, 
but yours be done. And, and that is an, an obvious and clear example that that ought to be the, the proclamation of our lives as he did it unto the Father, we do it unto him, our king, right? You know, we kneel before Jesus and say, King Jesus, yet not what I will, but your will be done. My life is in your hands, Jesus. It's exciting. Wow. <clears throat> All right. Man, preparing for this yesterday, I was just uh I was just blown away by this by this teaching. I, I got up and I was walking around the house upstairs and you know, um, and by myself and just just praising them, just thanking them, yelling. I was so happy and so blessed with these scriptures. In John 11, um, 17 to 27, I mean, these, uh, these, these 11 verses are, uh, are just pregnant with meaning, right? Like, uh, like a brother of mine, uh, Gerald used to always say, pregnant with meaning. They're just, just, they want to give birth. Just there's so much that can be birthed out of these scriptures. There's so much meaning to come out of these scriptures, right? Wow. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the living word of God, the holy word of God. We thank you that we have a holy Bible. We just thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy and your goodness and your grace and your favor on our lives. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us, for living a perfect life for us, for coming to this earth and saying these things that we might have your word. Lord, we thank you for dying that horrible, torturous death for us. Lord, we worship you today with thanksgiving. Lord, as we believe you are alive and risen today, Lord, we worship you, our risen Lord and Savior and Master and King and God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now. We ask you to give us eyes that see and ears that hear. Open the word of God to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all God. Three separate beings. Okay, uh, the 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 wonder of the Christian life, once we have genuinely trusted in Jesus and given our life to Him, and received Him as our Lord and Savior, um, now we have the privilege of go- growing in our relationship with our Heavenly Father and with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and with God the Holy Spirit, and we get to cultivate a relationship with all of them, right, individually as well as collectively. So you can pray and should pray to all the members of the Trinity, right? They're all God, right? They're all all all-knowing, all-powerful, and omnipresent everywhere at all times. Um, They're equal in the fact that they're God. Um, Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so we should praise them all, worship them all. and, And normally... You know, you'll find in church and people that that we have no problem worshiping Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have no problem 
praising Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We get confused sometimes and believe that we should only pray to the Father, okay? Um, you know, you can pray to and should pray to any, every member of the Trinity, as well as praise them, as well as worship them, as well as thank them. Um, as again, they're, they're all God and, and they, they all cooperate in everything perfectly. They all cooperate. They, they all, you, you see the incredible cooperation, and this is a separate teaching, um, of the Trinity in redemption. And, and it's incredible. Okay. John 11, 17 to 27. You remember in the in the uh, in the first sixteen verses, Lazarus was sick. The sisters Martha and Mary sent word to Jesus, telling him the one you love is sick, and we talked about that. But Jesus intentionally stays where he is two more days and lets Lazarus die. He even says um, in verse fourteen. Lazarus is dead, 15, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, right? Um, so Jesus lets him die. He even says he's glad that he died. He's, he's glad not because he died, but he knows he's about to go and raise him from the dead. And he knows the faith and the belief that's going to come from that. And that's why he says that. And certainly that's a, that's, that's a major reason why he allows suffering and difficulty into our lives, is because he knows that it will that, that our faith will grow, our faith will be refined, right, Chloe? Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so now um, he says, "Let us go to him." And on, in verse seventeen, it says, "On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them." and the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is to come into the world. Wow. Verse 24, Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Okay. Martha's theology is sound, right? My brother's dead and I know I'll see him again at the resurrection of the last day in some future time that you've set. And so she, she has no faith at all in a present resurrection. Okay, none at all. You know, it's you know, it's the same when we lose a brother or sister in Christ that's close to us. 
when, when any brother and sister in Christ, when any genuine Christian dies, you know, you know, we, we look forward to being together again in the resurrection at the last day. You know, there is no death for a genuine Christian, for someone who's saved and trusting in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? The reason I say genuine, right, Tommy, is not because, you know, it's not because we want to create any sort of doubt, but at the same time, you know, there are there are countless people who just who just say, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus but they're not genuinely trusting in Jesus Christ. They have some intellectual assent, right? That Jesus came into the world and that he died on the cross. But a Christian is someone who has humbled themselves before Jesus Christ. They understand what it means that they are sinful and that because of that sin, that they are hopeless and desperate and separated from the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they are in an absolute destitute and hopeless and helpless place. And there's literally nothing they can do. Nothing they do good or no good works they do will take away that sin. And out of that position of hopelessness and helplessness and out of that understanding, they have now gone before Jesus and humbled themselves and called out to Jesus, right? You remember Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not the words that save us. You just don't puppet or repeat words. Words don't save you. It's Christ that saves you. But words are, are what we use to communicate our, our heart to Christ, right? You remember verse 14 in Romans 10 says, but how can they call on the one they haven't believed in it. How can they believe in the word they haven't heard? Believe in the one they haven't heard. And how can they hear unless someone speak to him? And so that's what we're doing now. How can they call on the one they haven't believed in? You have to believe in Jesus, but not just any Jesus. You can't just make up your own Jesus, right? Um, you have to believe the Jesus of the Bible, right? It's the Jesus of the Bible that we believe, right? And the Bible teaches that we are all sinful people and need a savior. And out of that humble heart, understanding our sinfulness and our hopelessness, we call out to Jesus and come before him and simply pray, Lord Jesus, I call on you now. And I confess that I am indeed a sinful person and I am hopeless and helpless and there's nothing I can do to save myself from my sin. But Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, the Christ who came into the world. I believe that you came and lived a perfect life for me. I believe that you died a perfect death for me on the cross. And Lord Jesus, I confess and believe you are alive and risen today. And therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask on you, I ask you and call on you to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life, and to save me from my sin, and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith, and hope, and trust, and confidence in you alone to save me, and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's how you become a Christian. A Christian is someone who is trusting and relying on Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul. And there is no, no death for them, right? 
you you'll 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 die, but there is no ultimate death. The last the last breath you take in this life, you'll be ushered into the presence of heaven, and you'll be with Jesus. Martha doesn't believe this. Martha doesn't. Martha believes in the resurrection like we do. Uh, I think you know. Forgive me. Martha does believe this perfectly, right? But Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. When Jesus says to her in verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. He's talking about here in the next couple of minutes. Martha is used to him talking in this kind of way, right? Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. You know, when I've talked to someone who's who's lost a loved one and they're in Christ, and I say, you know, your brother, your son, your sister, your mother will rise again in the last day. Every everyone says to me, like Martha, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Okay. But the difference is Martha's not talking to me. Martha's not talking to any other Christian minister or any brother and sister in Christ, Martha's talking to Jesus. Martha's talking to God, God, the son, the son of God. Yes, <laughs> yes, your brother will rise in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus is gonna raise him then as well. But just as Jesus is gonna raise him then, he can raise him now. It's a snack, right, Bobby? For Jesus, to raise someone from the dead now is no different than to raise him from the dead at the last day. Jesus is the one who will raise us up on the last day. And as easy as he does that, that same power he can raise someone right now, Kristen, right? And so we're going to get to verse 25 here, but we got to get back to 17. Godly Lord Jesus. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. I did not know this, that as I was studying in the scriptures, there was a, a Jewish tradition that, uh, you know, it was a myth, but, it, you know, that they thought that the, 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 the man or woman's spirit and soul would kind of hover around the grave for three days and, and you know, might reenter the body. Right. There was this this uh, myth, this it, it wasn't a biblical belief. Right. It's, it's, it's not true. It's nowhere in the Bible. But. There was this common belief that the spirit would hover for, you know, for three days, you know, up to three days or at least three days or for three days. Um, and any during that time, the spirit could reenter the body and the person could could live and come back to life. Wasn't true. Wasn't biblical. But you could see the intentionality of Jesus. And again, I did not know this. This is extra biblical, right, Jose? Um, and so Jesus waits four days, right? On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. That way, no one could talk about this ridiculous tradition. Well, his spirit was already kind of hovering around his body anyway. You know, if Jesus raised him on the first day, the second day, the third day, they might have thought it was no big deal, but everybody knew that after three days, never again was it possible that, that the spirit could reenter the body. 
the, the spirit and soul are now gone forever in their mind at four days, right? Now, this is, this is true at any point of death, right? I'm not talking about near death or death for five minutes or whatever, but once you're absolutely dead, your spirit and soul are gone unless Jesus decides to do a miracle, right? There is no spirit and soul hovering around, right? The last breath you take in this life, your spirit and soul go to be with Jesus if you're in Jesus Christ. If you're not in Jesus Christ, then your spirit and soul are ushered away from God into hell awaiting judgment. That is why we beg everyone to give their lives to Jesus today. It's not out of intolerance. It's out of love. This is plain what the Bible teaches. When you look at Jesus's words, this is not like a good man or any other holy man. Do you get this? This is not like any man or woman in the Bible, right? There are a lot of incredible men and women in the Bible, right? Jesus' mother, Mary, an incredible woman. Mary Magdalene, as we'll see in this gospel, incredible woman. Mary of Bethany here in this story, incredible woman. Martha, incredible woman of God right here in this story. Moses, David, Abraham, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Malachi, right? Keep going, right? The apostles, Paul, Peter, and then go into other religions, Gandhi, right? Buddha, Muhammad, whoever you want to say. You do not put these men and women in any class with Jesus, okay? Go, go look at all of those people. Go look at all that they said, and then look at Jesus's words in verse 25, okay? Go find any of them that said anything remotely like this. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Are you getting it? He's not the same. He's not a good man. He's Lord. He's God. He created the universe. Hear the words. Oftentimes our minds are clogged. And there are spiritual forces that, that, that amazingly get in the way of us understanding this. Jesus said to her, remember, she says, I'll know he'll rise again at the last day. Same thing we all say and believe. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Who says that? No one ever said anything like that ever, ever, ever. Okay. He is, he is either who he says he is. God, the Lord of heaven and earth, the savior of all mankind, every human being that ever lived, or he is, as C.S. Lewis said, uh, a liar like there's never been in history, or a lunatic along with the man who firmly believes he's a poached egg, right? There are no options. He is either liar, lunatic, or he is Lord. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Can you imagine being there and hearing him say those words? I am the resurrection. 
Yes, your brother will rise and I'll raise him then. But I am the resurrection. I'll raise him right now. I am the resurrection, the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. That's the promise of biblical Christianity. That though we die, if we believe in Jesus, and the word believe doesn't mean to give intellectual assent. It means to trust in, to rely on, to cling to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. But hear the words if you've never heard them. Hear them, Scott. Hear them, Robin. I am the resurrection and the life. Hear them, Abraham. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Verse 26, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he looks at Martha and says, do you believe this? And I'll ask you today, do you believe this? Because the only answer can be is what Martha says in verse 27, May. Yes, Lord, she told him. Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Wow. Lord Jesus, we just, we worship you. We praise you. We honor you. We love you. Words don't give you due, Lord. Words do not, words cannot properly express who you are and what you've done. And we love you and we honor you, Jesus, and we worship you today. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. It was, it was, uh, it was tradition. <clears throat> it was the culture <clears throat> of this time that when a very close relative was lost to a family, that those in the community would come and comfort them for days. And there were even people hired to do this, um, hired mourners, so to speak, to bring comfort. To the, to the people it was a part of their culture, again, to grieve for days, uh, four days, right? Uh, sometimes longer. Verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. And the idea of Mary just is, is just so grief stricken, so overwhelmed, right? It was a side note, you know, Mary is the one, as we already learned, and we'll see it in the next chapter, that that gives her extravagant love to Jesus. And, and Martha's a little more type A than Mary. Martha often gets a bad rap, but Martha, I mean, I love me, my Martha, okay? Martha bears her heart to Jesus. You're going to see Martha scold Jesus. Um, but it says Jesus loved Martha, right? And you could put your name in there, Leah, right? Jesus loved Leah. Jesus loved Jackie. Jesus loved Dennis. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. You can meet with Jesus anytime, anywhere. But Mary stayed at home, just again, so grief stricken, just, just in a state where she just, she couldn't be around people. Just, we, we all can recognize this, right? 
But Martha went to Jesus. And the first thing she says to him is she just, she cannot help but candidly share the disappointment in her heart. And man, it's okay to do this, but you want to share it in the right way. When we have disappointments, we go to a lot of places, right? When we're hurt, and we all do this, we go to places we shouldn't go. We obviously go into tremendous anger, tremendous bitterness, tremendous pain, tremendous hurt. And we find outlets in, in all these kind of things, right? Whether it's drugs or, or alcohol or, 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 or hobbies or Netflix or all these things, all the distractions we do. And again, it, it's, it's, again it's fine to watch television. It's fine. It's okay for us to, to watch a movie. It's okay. It's okay to have a beer, okay? The Bible makes it clear we're not to be drunk, right? Um, but you want to you wanna go out and meet with Jesus, and tell him what's in your heart. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's candid with Jesus. She shares her heart with Jesus. It's over to her. It's done. Verse 22, she's going to acknowledge who he is. But never in her mind does she have any idea, never has an inkling come into her mind that he could possibly be raised from the dead. It's the farthest thing from her mind. Lord, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right? There was a belief, right? And we have it today that healing can come. A miracle can come if the person is still living but sick. But once they died, it's all done. And, you know, that's that's our experience, right? That is, you know, none of us know anyone ever, save what's in the Bible, right? And there are testimonies, right, of people who've been raised from the dead. There are people who've been raised. Confirmation of it's hard. This one is certain it's in the Bible. Um, but she has this belief, if you had been here, my brother would not have died because, you know, we know all the healings you've done. Jesus is, you know, probably within the, undoubtedly within the last six months now, it looks like of his, when we study the, the timeline in the scriptures, uh, inside the last six months of his ministry, or even less than that, before he'll give his life. And so they have seen him do miracles. They've heard of the miracles he's done. Testimonies have come out of him healing the sick, healing the sick, healing the sick, not raising the dead. And so she has this belief Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died because you could have healed him of his sickness, but it's, it's too late now. She doesn't know. She believes Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, the savior of the world, but she really doesn't know who he is, the fullness of who he is. And we really don't know who we're dealing with in this man. You could have healed him if he was sick, but there's, but death, even you don't have power over death, Jesus. Yeah. Verse 
But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And what she's saying there is she's not, she's not asking Jesus to raise her brother from the dead. She's, she's showing her belief that he is, right? That, that he is the Christ, that he is the son of God, that, you know, that, that you can comfort me, you can help me, Lord, but, but, but don't, 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 don't mistake this for her saying that she's going to raise Jesus from the dead. She's already said, if you had been here, right, my brother would not have died. And then she's going to confirm when he says, your brother will rise again in the next verse. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I mean, again, so it's important we understand there is no thought in her mind of a present resurrection of a brother dead four days, right? It's, you know, when he goes to raise her, um, in, in verse 38 and 39, Jesus is going to say, take away the stone. But Lord said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there four days. He's dead. What do you mean? Take away the stone. It stinks. A dead rotting body stinks, right? It's, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't take out all the internal organs. Like again, and I don't know what, a, what happens to a body you bury, right? Um, you know, I've, I've made it clear to, to, to my loved ones that when the Lord takes me home, I want to be cremated. I don't want anyone to see me, right? Just cremate the body, have a, you know, you know, you can have a celebration, right? Don't do any lying, right? Do you ever see as much lying as you do at funerals? Just saying. Um, I mean, he was the best man. She was the finest woman you've ever. Um, <laughs> have mercy, Lord Jesus. Um, there's no thought in her mind that a resurrection is going to come. And, you know, today, I guess, don't they take everything out of the body and fill it with all the chemicals, right? And then they put it in a coffin and bury it in the ground. I don't know why anyone would want that, but that's what, you know, I guess that's that's what helps people heal is to know that whatever that is that's in the ground is there. But that's not the person. That's not the loved one. The loved one's gone off into eternity, Right. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. We spoke about that. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. <laughs> again, we cannot. These words are, are, are incomprehensible. The, the force of these words, the magnitude of these words, the raw audacity of these words. Jesus said to her, she said, I know, you know, in the next life, when, when everyone's raised from the dead, he'll raise up. And he says, let me correct you there. Not only will I do the resurrection, I am the resurrection. 
You remember the words, I am, right, from Exodus, when when Moses said to God, well, what, what am I supposed to say when they say who sent me? What's your name? And God says to Moses, tell him, I am who I am sent you. Jesus uses those words here. I am the resurrection and the life. Not only am I the way to resurrection, Kristen, and the way to life, Lauren, I am the resurrection and the life. There is no eternal life and no resurrection save Jesus. No way to heaven save Jesus because he is not only the way and the only way to resurrection out of his own words in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But he is walking resurrection. (laughs) Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Right, Pop? And look what he says here. Is there any ambiguity? He is certainly God and the only Savior. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Jesus said, he who believes in me, he's speaking to him about himself, obviously, right? He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And remember, the word believe means to trust in, to rely on, to cling to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. It doesn't simply mean to give intellectual assent to the existence of Jesus. Are you clinging to Jesus today? His next words to Martha are, do you believe this? And he's saying to all 8 billion people in the world today, do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that he who believes in Jesus will live even though he dies? And whoever lives and believes in Jesus will never die. And only Jesus do you believe this? Verse 27, yes, Lord, she told him. Can you say to Jesus, he's asking you today, do you believe that only in Jesus you'll have resurrection life, eternal life, the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and ultimately go to heaven when you die. Do you believe this? If not, I beg you, give your life to Jesus Christ this day. Tomorrow's not promised. And any day we could be taken from this, this life. Yes, Lord, she told him. Martha told him. I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God who was to come into the world. Lord Jesus, we believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who is to come into the world. Lord Jesus, I, I ask you to have mercy on the world today. Have mercy, Lord, on humanity. Lord, have mercy. Holy Spirit, I ask you to go out now and I beg of you to soften the hearts of all those who don't know you. Soften their hearts, Holy Spirit. Rebuke the enemy from them in the name of Jesus. Drive away the spiritual forces of evil. Open their hearts that they might believe and receive Jesus Christ as the word of God promises in John 1.12 that to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, Jesus, 
He gave the right to become children of God. Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, the sinful people. We thank you for revealing Jesus to us. We thank you for giving us eyes that see and ears that hear, Father. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your goodness and your favor and your blessings. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the scriptures. But above all, we thank you for Jesus, our King, our Master, our Savior, our God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal the message to our hearts now. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.